What's up, guys, and welcome to the After Youth Podcast, the podcast for young adults by young adults. My name is Gareth Vess, and this is my co-host, Josh Cave. Thank you so much for listening today. Today, we want to look at a really important challenge facing young adults, losing your purpose. So today we're looking at a really important topic of uh, losing your purpose, and this is something that I know I've faced a lot of. I think, Garrett, you faced a little bit of this in, you know, losing your purpose, trying to find it, trying to figure out, you know, where you fit in the world. Um, So you faced something like this before, Garrett? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Very recently, I feel like I faced it, so... This is something I've been excited about to talk about. I kind of feel the same way. Like, this is something that I've been going through recently as well, which stinks because, you know, we talk about it so openly. But at the same time, it's uh, it's cool because we get to share with you guys something that's really important to us and something that we're legitimately dealing with. What does losing your purpose look like? And I spent a lot of time these past couple of weeks thinking about that and kind of the emotions and the, the feelings tied to it, you know, because so often we face problems and we face things and, and we respond, you know, we respond with frustration, anxiety, we lash out to family members, you know, a lot of the feelings and the things that we deal with come across in our everyday world. So some of the feelings that come with losing your purpose and kind of what it looks like is you can have frustration, jealousy, emptiness, hopelessness about your future and uh and meaninglessness. You know, you can be frustrated whenever other people succeed. You can you can be jealous because they're doing better than you are in some area of life. And I think at the core of it is you feel this emptiness. You feel this my life doesn't matter. Who I am doesn't matter. I'm just working some stupid job just to pay my bills and nothing I'm doing is making any difference in the world. And I think it's really important to clarify early on today that every single one of us have faced those feelings at one time or another. It's not just you. It's not just me. All of us have gone through this kind of stage of life. Uh, So I wanted to kind of go into a story about my own life and some of the things that I've faced uh, real specifically. You know, I was I was thinking about it and thinking about my life and you know, I'm 24 years old at the time of this recording and there's a lot of things that I have. You know, we're, me and my wife, we're not bad off, we're not poor or anything like that. Uh, we have a house, we have cars that are pretty new. Uh, we have you know, we have money in the bank, you know, we have, we have plenty of things. So there are things that I have, you know, that, that from the outside would look really, really impressive. Uh, but there are a lot of things that I look back on my life and things that I don't have or things that I wish I would have accomplished, things I wish I could have done. And it's hard because you look back on life and you see those mistakes and you see failures and you see all those different things. And whenever I look at the things I don't have, the things that I might have messed up with, the things that I, the areas I might have failed, I'm reminded about how much growth I experienced during those times. 
one time in particular, and I've shared this in preaching and conversations, one of the most meaningful times in my life where I, I experienced failure and it led me to growth was uh, after I youth pastored at my first church. I started this church. I was, I might not even been 19 yet. If I was 19, I was just freshly 19. I had just left my first year of college at Evangel. Um, so I took this youth pastor position. I was there for a little over a year and I stepped away from this position and I, I resigned. But I was 19 years old. I had left school. I had left this position that I wanted so badly. I'd always wanted to pastor. And youth pastoring was, I'm not saying it was a stepping stone by any means, but it was kind of that first step in my ministry. And so all of a sudden, I'm completely out of this. You know, I, I'm, I'm there trying to go through these emotions. I'm working this job that doesn't mean anything to me. And so I'm 19 years old, feeling like I've lost my purpose. The very thing I wanted to do with my life had just gone up in flames, you know, and um. And I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know how to deal with it. And this was not just for a couple of days. You, you know, this wasn't for a week. I felt really bad. This was for months that I struggled with what my purpose was, why I was on this earth. And frankly, I was mad about it. I was, I felt alone. I felt hurt by God, by people. And I really felt like I had nowhere to go. And there were times that I would literally get into these like yelling matches with God in the car, you know, where I was, I was mad. I was irritated. I was like, God, why am I here? Why is this going on? You know, could you not have saved me the trouble? You know, you couldn't have left me at school. You couldn't have done this or that. You know, why am I in the position I'm in? But what I was going through was real. It was real pain, real struggle, real frustration. And what you're going through is real too. Uh, Garrett, uh, in your life, I know you've been around a lot of young adults, a lot of people kind of in this same age group as us. What have you seen from those young adults that are going through a lack of purpose? You know, how do they, how do they act? How do they talk? You know, what are their kind of emotions during this time? So I'm going to, kind of give my opinion based off things I've dealt with because uh, I've definitely felt this in my life. Um, so how I've acted and how I've seen anybody that's struggling with this, you know, not knowing what their purpose is or feel like they don't have one. I know that they can tend to be, and this is, this is something that everybody goes through. That's something I've done. I've gone through, so I'm not taking shots at anybody, but yeah, for sure. They tend to uh, live life, and I, I'm going to try to say this the right way because, you know, tend to lie, live life just kind of carefree, not don't really care what's going on. One thing, <laughs> I've seen a lot of people be very lazy. I know this isn't like super spiritual. It's just super, super true, though. I could definitely, I could definitely see that. One thing with me, not uh, was in this kind of place. I was not doing like anything. It felt like, and so, 
kind of talked to my parents. I was like, look, I got to get a schedule. Got to get something kind of rolling for me. So I started working. And I was in school, but I was just going to school. Wasn't really doing anything. Not that I wasn't just being completely like lazy and stuff, but I wasn't doing anything. So I had to get myself kind of on a schedule. I don't know. I just think that, you know, when you feel like you don't have a purpose, you're in this place where you're like, well, nothing I really do even matters. So why do anything? And so, I mean, I know that was kind of, kind of, it felt like it was all over the place for me, but it's kind of just like their actions are saying, I don't care because I don't have a purpose. And I can, I mean, I can definitely see where you're coming from in that whenever something happens and you lose what mattered, you lose what you were focused on, what your goal was, like you have to almost reset. And I think a lot of people, if they don't have another goal to go after, if they don't have some other purpose to chase, then it's like you said, like they get lazy. It's not because they want to be lazy. They just don't have anything meaningful, you know? They don't have anything like, they're not chasing after anything. They don't have anything they're striving to get, so. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of go off of that. And I think, I think we can kind of glean from what we've said so far that a lot of people deal with this. But I want you to know truly how commonplace it is. I was doing some research for this. And I kind of wondered to myself, how many people really struggle with losing their purpose? And I found an article on Healthline, and they explained that there's actually, there's actually a name for dealing with uh, issues with your purpose. It's called purpose anxiety. It's a legit medical term that people use whenever they're struggling with their purpose. There are two different stages that they say that can trigger purpose anxiety. Garrett, do you want to read that first one to us? It can occur while struggling to actually uncover what your purpose might be. So an example would be when you're a senior in college, college is ending and you have to get a real job to pay bills, but you also want something that is fulfilling. You get stuck in an anxiety about who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. And I think um, I think that one is what a lot of us think of whenever we think of like purpose anxiety or things like it. It's just that time in life where you're trying to find purpose, uh, but you also have to pay bills. You know, you're you're struggling to actually uncover what your purpose might be. The second trigger here is while in attempting to enact or live your purpose. Uh, so an example of this would be. When you have the right job or the right title, but you still have trouble feeling like you're good enough or that you're really living in your purpose. So some people like would talk about this in terms of like the imposter syndrome where you're, you're in the right place and you're doing the right things, but maybe you don't feel like you're good enough. And so you feel like you're fooling people and people are going to find out that you're a phony or you're just not, you're not feeling like the thing that you were hoping for was really fulfilling. Like you put your purpose in the wrong things. Maybe going back to the idea that I was talking about here and how many people deal with this. Uh, Larissa 
Rainey is quoted in this article as saying that 91% of participants surveyed reported experiencing purpose anxiety at some point in their life. And I don't know about you, but that's a crazy, crazy number to me. 91% of people say that they've experienced purpose anxiety. Literally, that means you have a 1 in 10 chance of finding somebody that has never had purpose anxiety. You could go out to the street and talk to 10 people and say, hey, have you ever had a time in your life where you didn't feel like you were being fulfilled and you were worried about it? You were worried about what your purpose was. And only one of those 10 people would say that they've never experienced that. If there are that many people that are really going through this, what are they supposed to do? Like, What are you supposed to do whenever you're facing this? Do like I did and, and get mad and have frustrated moments with God? Uh, do like what Garrett said and wait around and, and do nothing. Get lazy. And I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's what God created us for. I don't think we're expected or, or I don't think God even created us to be willing to be lazy and to stand around until we find our purpose. I was a part of the Boy Scouts for a little while, and they have a saying that's um, basically whenever you go camping and you leave, they say you leave no trace, which means um, I set up my tent, you know, I had a campfire, you know, I put grass and dirt and leaves back over the campfire, I make sure the ground isn't matted too bad, I pick up all my trash, I leave no trace that I was there. And my dad taught me a similar saying in camping. It wasn't leave no trace. He said, leave it better than you found it. Whenever we would go camping, it wasn't just leave it to where nobody sees that you were there. He's like, leave it better than you found it. If, if there's trash on the ground that you didn't put there, pick it up, you know, throw it away. Make wherever you were better than whenever you showed up. And I've spent a lot of time in my life trying to figure out what you do whenever you lose your purpose. You know, what do you say? What do you do? And this is what I've really kind of come to. I think that this helps us picture how we're supposed to live our lives during these times where we don't have much purpose. And I think we have to leave our life, our world, our family, and our friends better than we found them. You know, maybe this is just me, but I, I focus a lot on what my future is going to look like. I'm very goal-oriented. Garrett could tell you even about this podcast. Like, I'm very focused on the next task at hand, and almost to a fault. Uh, I get very caught up in what the next thing is, you know, trying to better my life, trying to better my future. And I think sometimes I get so focused on 20 years down the road that whenever I lose my purpose, whenever I, whenever I lose a position, I lose a job, or something happens, I get so stuck in the mud about it. I feel like I'm never going to achieve anything because my end goal is no longer making progress. But what if instead of worrying so much about the big picture, worrying so much about 20 years from now, what if we took every single day that we lived and we said, I'm going to end this day and leave everything I touch better than I found it. I'm going to be a better friend. I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to let my work be the best quality that I can make it. 
And whenever we do that, whenever we focus on those things, on the things we can handle, <laughs> uh, it changes our perspective. If, if I walk into work and say, okay, my job stinks right now. Everything about it is no fun. I'm not saying that's the case, but, but if it was, and I was just having a really hard time at work, and I said, okay, I'm not going to focus on the bad. I'm just going to focus on what I can do to make my workplace better. How would that change my perspective? Like that would make me so much more conscious of like, okay, I'm making a difference in the world because I made my workplace better. Go back to my example of being in the church and then I, you know, I walked away from this position. What if I looked at my life and said, who can, who can I impact for the kingdom of God today? I lost my position in the church, so I'm not preaching every week. But how can I impact the kingdom of God? Who can I talk to? Who can I witness to? And I think that would have changed my perspective from I need a position to lead to going back to how can I help? You know, how can I matter regardless of what position I'm in? But more than just this being, oh, well, this is, this is Josh's idea for how to get better. Uh, I think this is backed up by scripture. And I believe that God honors people that are willing to be faithful in the little things. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest in much. That means that if you're able to be faithful with a job you don't like, with school you're not enjoying, with maybe a relationship that's really difficult, if you can be faithful through all that and serve God and try to leave a place better than you found it, I believe that God honors us and he gives us a better position. Just real quickly, I think of the story of Joseph uh, in the Old Testament. He had a great life. He had everything going for him. He was his dad's favorite. And then he was thrown into a pit and he was sold as a slave. And so what did he do? He didn't sit down there and be lazy and and be whiny and be like, why am I here? He didn't do like what I did, you know, uh, where I was frustrated. He didn't, the Bible doesn't say he yelled at God. What it says is that he started working diligently and he became so favored in his work that he got promoted and promoted and promoted. Then he got thrown in prison. He didn't throw in the towel. He kept working. He got promoted and promoted and promoted until he got called up out of the prison right into the king's palace. And I think that's the perspective that we have to have is, yeah, my situation stinks. I just lost my job. I lost my purpose. I don't know why God put me here, but I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to live every day like like it matters. I'm going to do everything I do like it matters because it does. Uh, so I kind of want to switch gears here and um, talk about talk about this with Garrett. And we're just going to kind of have a dialogue uh, about losing your purpose, how we've dealt with it, um, different things like that. Some of the things we talked about today. Uh, so Garrett, having heard the statistics, uh, and the reason that we feel a certain way when we lose our purpose, and you know, we've kind of offered a solution here. Uh, what are what are some of your thoughts? What what are your thoughts on the solution that we offered? 
Well, first off, uh, I just think it's crazy, like, the statistics of this. Like, Oh, definitely. It's absolutely insane. And, you know, a lot of times I think in statistics, I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, you know, majority are going to vote like, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that are like, I don't want people knowing I struggle with that. But to have 91% on there already, I mean, there, I mean, I'm not saying that there's, there might not be absolutely any more, but there's a good chance there's more than that. Yeah. For sure. Anyways, I mean, ultimately, the, and you're going to hear this a lot from me and you, I'm sure, but ultimately the solution is always Jesus. I mean, just look at all the people God used in the Bible. I mean, I mean, there's too many to name. I mean, there's plenty of people that thought, okay, I've done this. I can't be used by God. But then you think about it, like, just one example, like, look at all this. Look how amazing everyone views David. We, I mean, we talked about that in church this morning. Yeah. The star of David is on the flag, Israel. There's no way he didn't think, what, what have I done? I literally had this man killed, slept with a woman that's not my wife. Literally somebody else's wife. That I had killed. <laughs> I mean, there's no telling what was going on in his head. And like you said, I mean, to after all of that, you've got to think, I've lost everything. There's no way that I can recover from this. And if nothing else, that the, your legacy would be messed up, right? Yeah. And then 2,000 years later, I mean, four, four to 6,000 years later, the Star of David is still, on the, is still on the flag. Like, he's still a... The greatest king. Yeah. Country. It's just... I mean, the solution... I mean, you got to start. You start. Start with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. And uh, but I mean, a first thing like I would say, just get in the Word. I mean, you'll continue to grow as you get in the Word, but then start having time for prayer or worship. I mean, whatever you got to do. You, I mean, you got to start somewhere. If you took your spiritual life as just another example of a place where you can make it better every day. Like I'm going to develop my spiritual life more than I did yesterday. And I think you use that mindset, even in your relationship with God and your relationship with Jesus, which I think is what you were getting at, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I struggle with this and I need to make a better routine of consistently. Like I'm out one morning, all worship music just blasting. And then next day it's like, I guess I'm going to get to work. Or I think just if you start that routine and like just look at what you're doing, what the time you're making for your spiritual life, I think that really reflects. Like, I think that's a reason I got in this kind of place where I'm like, I, I don't have a purpose. I, I can't be used by God and all this stuff. And I think it was because I'd gotten to a point where I was like, I did feel that way. I mean, there's no denying that. I felt like I didn't have anything going for me. Yeah. But also, I was like, well, there's no point in investing in this because this is not going to get me anywhere. And I think that was uh, that place I got into 
that's that's all, that was the whole root of it. I mean, if I would have prayed five minutes today, pray and listen to some worship music, whatever I got to do to get my mindset, okay, I might not hear God's voice, but God's with me in this moment. And I just think if you invest in that, you really can. That's really where it starts. In my life, I can look back and I can see moments where I felt like I had purpose because I had a position, I had the right job or whatever. So I can look back and I can be like, okay, like I felt like I had purpose then. Everything was good. And there were times that I didn't. And there were times that I did and times that I didn't. Back and forth and back and forth. Garrett, I mean, I know you can picture in your mind kind of your hardest moment where you felt like you lost your purpose, right? Yeah, for sure. If you could say one thing to that person in that moment, what would you say? So there's, um, Greg actually said it today. Anytime I've heard anyone say this or I've seen it or thought about it, I like to keep notes during church. And, um, just if I'm praying or listening to worship music, I might keep it with me. If I have something come in my thoughts or have a, have a word on my heart or anything like that, I'll write it down. But anytime I hear this quote right here and I, I don't know who said it first, but I wish I had my notebook right here with me. But I would say you're alive and you're breathing right now. So God's still got a purpose for your life. That's good. Because I've had so many moments and I, I can think about it just, man, especially I being in school and not knowing what to major in and all that different stuff. I've had these moments where I'm like, man, there's there's nothing out there for me. I mean, I do a little bit at church. I do a little bit at school. But I mean, I'm just not really finding my place right now. But when every time I hear that quote, it's like there's just like a peace that kind of comes over you because you're like, that's so true. Like, because I mean, if if God didn't have anything for me, there's no need for me to be alive. I'm just taking up space on this earth. I mean, God's going to use me if I'm I'm breathing and living. So that was a bad way of saying taking up space, but <laughs> I'm just taking up space. But seriously, like, I love that quote. I, I think that is really a really powerful thing to plug into this. And I didn't even think about anything like that. But it's true, you know, like, uh, like if God didn't need you for something on this earth, you wouldn't be here. And how can you feel like you don't have a purpose whenever the God of the universe kept you on this earth, you know? Yeah. How can we feel like we don't have a purpose whenever God feels like we have a purpose? I could pinpoint moments where I felt like I was at my lowest and feeling like I had a purpose. But I would say that your purpose isn't tied to a position or a title. You know, it's so easy. And I don't, like I said, I don't know if everybody's like this. Garrett, you might be like this. But I get so focused on the future, what the end result is. And I forget that I'm still growing. You know? Yeah. I mean, let's go back to the example of David. I think it was, I think it was 13 years that he was out in the, he was out in the wilderness, like running away from Saul before he became king. And 
I've preached this before, and it's one of my favorite things. You know, David, right after a little bit after he got anointed king, Saul asked him to be in the king's palace, and he would play the lyre for him. This little shepherd boy kid is in the king's palace, watching the king. He knew, David knew he was going to be king someday. And what I love about that is that before David was going to be king, God gave him a front row seat into learning what a king was like. He gave him a front row seat into learning what it was like to be king, how to do it, how not to do it, because he was watching Saul. And David went through all those times running from Saul, and I know he had to think, like, I'm never going to become king. It was all a lie. I'm going to die out here in these woods somewhere. But God was still forming who David was. And even without a position, David had a calling on his life. He had a purpose. And whenever his position came open, he jumped at it and he served with everything he had. And he served with everything he knew how to do. Everything God had taught him in those 13 years, he began to use once he became king. And I think even if you don't have the position you want, you don't have the job you want, you feel like you're not serving God in a powerful enough way, quote, with my air quotes, even if you don't feel like where you're at right now is where you want to be, God is using this time in your life to develop you into, into the person you're supposed to be, into the person that he needs for that position. And I think you have to keep that in mind whenever there are good times and especially when there are bad times. So I guess kind of to summarize what we've said today, and I, and I hope, I hope all of this has helped you. You know, we've walked through what it looks like, what it feels like whenever you lose your purpose. Uh, the statistics behind it that ninety-one percent of people have gone through losing your purpose at some point, and to take every day, not just one at a time, but to make them matter. Take time in your spiritual life, especially whenever you feel like you've lost your purpose. Take that time. Press after God. Say, today, I'm going to make my spiritual life better than it was yesterday. Serve God passionately. Serve others passionately. And work at your job passionately. If you have any questions about any of this, or uh, maybe you're going through something like this, please reach out to us. Uh, send us a message on Facebook. Send us a DM on Instagram. Uh, just tell us, hey, this meant a lot to me. Or you know, ask us a question if you've got one, but we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know that this touched you in some way, this impacted you in some way. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of our community. If any of this on our podcast has helped you or you would like to reach out to us, please message us or DM us on our Facebook, our Instagram, or our Twitter. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at After Youth Pod or on Facebook, The After Youth Podcast. And join us again next time when we tackle another exciting challenge or question that you guys have.